Postal Publishing, The Going Postal Cast, and Christopher Chapman present Incarceration, the serialized weekly podcast performed by the author, Christopher Chapman. For more information, visit www.goingpostalpublishing.com or email him at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. This podcast is not suitable for children. It has violence, gore, and lots and lots of naughty words. If you can't handle that, go somewhere else. And now, on with the story, or whatever other crap I decide to come up with. Chapter 42 I don't really know what lies on the other side of this door, Matt told Jason. He reached back and pulled out one of the three remaining stakes from his makeshift pocket. He handed it to Jason, knowing that he needed to defend himself. I have the feeling that this could be it. Do the best you can. Hopefully we'll see each other on the other side. He pushed the door open, pretty much knowing what to expect on the other side, despite what he told Jason. He'd seen many things in his years of fighting vampires. He knew that this prison had become a nest for vampires, serving as their home. They were in the process of spreading out, taking over each corner of the prison inch by inch. They would soon have the entire prison fortified, making movement from within almost impossible. They needed to get out soon. Unfortunately, they would have to go through the heart of the vampire contingent, right through the door they were now passing through. He didn't know why he felt as positive as he did. He genuinely thought that they had a chance to survive this. Any other time he would have believed that this was over with a long time ago. Perhaps it had a lot to do with the fact that he'd seen his daughter for the first time in 12 years. It was like a dream come true, yet a walking nightmare. He was happy to see her again, yet disgusted to see her in the condition she was in. She deserved to be set free from the demonic hold she was under. He intended to stay alive long enough to do that. Jason was going to be another story altogether. Matt was unsure of just how injured he was. The second hit to the head had obviously done some damage. The blood coming out of his ears proved that. He didn't think that the damage was permanent, but it would take some time to properly heal. Time was something that they didn't have a lot of. In fact, they had almost no time left. By his estimate, there were still three or four hours before the sun came up and most of the vampires hid away from the light. They would be lucky to survive another hour, especially in Jason's condition. As he pushed open the door, he smelled something burning. He knew instantly what was the cause. Newborn vampires couldn't see the way that long-time vampires could. Their eyes took time to develop, allowing them to see in the darkness. The vampires created fires for the newbies now coming to life as recent recruits of the undead. They would be able to see what was in front of them, at least in this next room. On the other side of the door were about 15 vampires, all standing near one another. He had to be extremely careful. He hadn't yet witnessed it himself, but there were rumblings out there that killing too many vampires in a short amount of time could bring the appearance of the oldest of the vampires, a beast named the Vampire Lord by some believers. The Vampire Lord supposedly had a real name, an ancient name, but nobody knew it anymore. The last thing he needed was to bring the wrath of the Vampire Lord to the Lipsky Swamp Prison. The most vampires he killed in an hour were five. That had been several years ago. Four had died in the last hour, maybe hour and a half. 
He couldn't kill much more than three or four without taking a chance that the vampire lord could take things personally, swoop in, and kill any survivors that may still be out there. Matt plunged his stake into the heart of the first vampire he reached. He swung the screaming vampire around, using him as a battering ram to move through the group of vampires. He got past four of them before the beast turned to ash in his hands. He turned, making sure that Jason was on his tail. He was. He'd passed the same number of vampires, holding a stake in front of him, ready to strike anything that came close. Matt scanned the scene. Nine vampires stood in front of the door that would take them back out into the yard. That was out of the question. They needed more time and couldn't take on nine right now. The only other alternative was to head back to where Clarence Hongiso had been killed. There were likely fewer vampires in that direction. They would have a slightly better chance of extending their survival. He didn't know for how long. What in the hell are we doing? Jason asked in a voice that raised and lowered with his breathing. We were already down this way. The other way was the way out. Didn't you see all the vampires? Matt asked. He found it hard to speak as he ran. We'd have no chance in hell. There has to be another way out of here. Another door that will get us to where we need to go. The darkness had engulfed them once again. They were running blind through the blackest of night. There were no windows in this area, leaving them in darkness, bumping into things every so often. Matt's shins were aching as he was sure that one of them had started to bleed. That wasn't good, seeing as that the vampires likely would smell that blood and be able to track them far more easily. After two or three minutes of running, they came to a set of double doors. They entered quickly and stopped. The room was filled with vampires, some of which wore prisoner uniforms and some that wore the uniforms of the COs. One of the prisoners was a man that Matt had seen before. Hell, it was the guy that Jason was so upset about volunteering to go into the prison. Rick Carlson turned around, looking at them with unfeeling eyes. Rick, Jason shouted. Rick, are you okay? He's a vampire, Matt said, extending one of his hands to make sure that Jason didn't try going to him. You said that they can think for themselves, Jason said, trying to push through his arm. Matt used a whole body to block Jason. He didn't like doing it because he had to turn his back to the vampires to do so. He moved close enough to Jason where he could speak quietly and get his point across. I told you that vampires who've killed and gained power can think for themselves, Matt pointed out. He's a grunt. He won't be able to tell the difference between you and his mother. To him, you're all the same. He feels a hunger inside him right now that needs to be fed. They're young, still trying to figure out what that is. In the next minute, they're going to figure out exactly what they need to do. It'll be like a light bulb lighting up over their heads. The seven of them will know what to do and will kill us. Do you understand? We have to kill him first, Jason asked. All energy had gone from his voice. Matt felt sympathy for the man. He'd lost his parents many years ago, and everybody that knew him turned their backs on him. Here was the only friend he had, standing 20 feet away, and he now had to kill him. It was definitely a tough situation to be in. He would have loved to put an arm around Jason and tell him that it was all going to be all right. He couldn't do that because that was as good as telling him a lie. Matt Zern wasn't about lying. He was about enlightening people to the truth while trying to free his daughter from the grip of the vampires. He had to do what he always did with people. We do, but we shouldn't do it right away, Matt said. He looked to make sure that they hadn't figured everything out yet. 
It was hard to see them all with so little light in the room. The windows were covered with dirt, covering most of the moonlight that tried to get in. As far as he could tell, they were all still standing there, trying to figure out what to do. Remember me telling you about the vampire lord? The first vampire, Jason asked. Yes, Matt said. I told you that there is a chance that he will come if we kill too many vampires all at once. I've killed too many vampires already. We have to be careful not to kill many more. Even one more could possibly bring him. If he comes, we're dead, Jason said in a flat voice. Exactly, Matt said, scanning the scene as he spoke. His eyes focused on something that brought a smile to his face. Jason seemed to notice this. There's a path on the other side of the vampires. If we can get around them, I think we can get out of here. It has to go somewhere. If not, we stand our ground and die fighting. You ready? Jason looked where Matt was pointing and nodded. Matt had no clue whether Jason would follow him or not. He didn't know how much of it was due to the concussions or his own free will. He looked like a man who was groggy and confused. This had to end soon. This had to be hell for him. Rick Carlson stepped forward. He moved towards Jason and Matt, his eyes reflecting the little light in the room. Matt moved a step forward, but found that it was Jason who had reacted more quickly. Matt stopped, waiting to see if this was a bad idea or not. Jason approached Rick. Matt had expected Rick to come out trying to bite Jason's throat out. So far, that hadn't happened. Was there still a flicker of humanity left in there, similar to what he'd seen in his daughter? The idea brought all kinds of possibilities forward. Rick and Jason were less than five feet apart. Neither said anything. Matt kept a closer eye on Jason than Rick. He watched Jason sway on his feet, a sign that his equilibrium was shot. If this got ugly, Jason didn't stand a chance. Chapter 43 Jason felt Matt's icy stare from behind. There was no reason to believe that he wouldn't show interest in this. He had warned him about trying to communicate with vampires. He understood what Matt was trying to say, but needed to see it for himself. This was the closest he'd ever been to a vampire that hadn't been trying to kill him. He was hesitant to move too quickly. He didn't understand the internal workings of the vampire mind, but from what Matt had told him, it was primitive in nature. One false move could send Rick, if he could really call him Rick, into a frenzy. Come back here. Matt said from behind him. He ignored him. He needed to do this. Rick? Jason asked, making sure not to get too close to him. Rick looked at him strangely, his head cocked to the right, as if he were trying to figure out who or what he was looking at. Don't you remember me? Jason asked, but he already knew the answer. Despite the slow way that Rick examined him, there was no understanding in those eyes. He had absolutely no clue who he was. To make matters worse, his mouth was opening very slowly. He was about to attack. Jason's arm shot forward, extending the tip of the stake into Rick's chest. He did so with a heavy heart, feeling his last remaining friend burn all around him. He kept the stake in him, making sure that the job got done. He held Rick where he was as he exploded into red flames, turning to ash all around him. What the hell have you done? Matt called, grabbing him by the arm as he ran past him. Jason found himself being drugged towards the other vampires. 
They passed the vampires, who seemed to all be focusing on something that was happening all around them. Something subtle at first, but getting more obvious as they moved. The air around them was getting noticeably warmer. Oxygen was leaving the room, becoming harder to breathe. They continued moving as the remaining vampires became still, trying to figure out what was happening. Jason also wondered, but didn't intend on waiting to find out. They passed several other vampires who had come out of their hiding places to see what was going on. It was a trap. Rick hadn't been human after all. It was all a show to get him to let his guard down. When he became vulnerable, they would have swooped in for the kill. He became extremely satisfied with his decision, even though it didn't lessen the pain even a little. The heat continued climbing as the air continued to thin. The process continued until Jason found that it was almost impossible to breathe. Sweat poured from his forehead, getting into his eyes and stinging. Jason turned back one last time as they found another set of double doors. Matt opened the doors, but Jason had to stop for a moment. He had to know what was happening. He saw the vampires, still looking around frantically. The air around them had started changing somehow, turning into something else. By the time he figured out what it was, it was almost too late. Fire erupted out of thin air, disintegrating the nearby vampires instantly. Jason thought that he could see their skeletons before they turned to ash. That was the last thing he dared to stick around to see. He turned and ran, following Matt through the door. The old laundry room exploded in a ball of fire, incinerating everything it touched. The fire moved out from its origin, getting closer with every millisecond. Jason could feel his hair burning. He got the double doors closed, instantly feeling a change in temperature. It wasn't going to last very long. The sealed steel doors were turning red, like the charcoals in a hot grill. In some spots, the metal was melting. Come on, Matt shouted, grabbing hold of him by the back of his shirt. As Jason followed Matt, he heard an explosion behind them. The area in which they'd been standing just seconds before was filled with fire. The corridor continued filling with the fire behind them, expanding outward. Jason and Matt didn't slow. That wasn't an option. The fire consumed everything in the area where they'd just been running. The heat on their backsides continued to strengthen, until it seemed like they were going to be engulfed by the ball of fire. Then, as if the fire slammed against an invisible wall, it stopped. The fire burned itself out, leaving the corridor as a black and sooty mess. They stopped and looked back. Jason couldn't believe his eyes. As his chest heaved, he wondered what just happened. In a life that had witnessed far more than he was ever intended to, he'd never seen anything like that before. He turned to Matt, knowing that he would have the answer, or at least a clue. "'You want to tell me what that was all about?' Jason asked, every word difficult as he tried getting his air back. "'That, I believe, was the Vampire Lord,' Matt said, bending over and putting his hands on his knees. He coughed and spit out a thin mucus. "'When you killed Rick,' I think that was our one too many. I thought he's supposed to show up and kill us all, Jason said, referring to what Matt had told him. I don't know everything about this, Matt told him. He seemed angry. I've spent the last twelve years trying to prove theories and create my own. How about you? Jason didn't answer. The truth is that I never tested that theory. Why in the hell would I? If I tempted the anger of the Vampire Lord... Supposedly that meant certain death. Most of the stuff I've read has come true. 
Why wouldn't I have at least given some credibility to that one? I'm just trying to figure it out. So am I, Matt snapped. The only thing I can think of is that the Vampire Lord thought he could kill us without even stepping foot in here. Maybe he's gotten lazy over the decades, centuries, whatever it's been, or just doesn't want to risk himself. Either way, he did quite enough damage, wouldn't you say? Jason nodded. Matt looked around, trying to figure out where they were. I think that he bought us some extra time. Unless there are some more vampires this way, I can honestly say they won't be able to smell us. Jason looked around as well. They were in a large room with six small windows that let in the smallest amounts of light. What they were able to see were several long tables. They were covered with a thick dust, as was the floor. Only the footprints they just created disturbed the dust. Looks like an old cafeteria, Matt said. How big is this place? No clue, Jason replied. He'd never seen the whole thing, but had heard that the facility could house many more prisoners, if necessary. On a night like tonight, he was glad that they hadn't. More than enough people had already died and been transformed into those damn beasts. They never let us go beyond the routine. It was cell, chow hall, and yard. I'd never seen that laundry room before, nor have I seen this other chow hall. He paused, thinking about it. It's like a whole other world here. The prison likely updated its facilities at some point, and left this alone in case it ever became so crowded that they needed it again, Matt said. There was probably some intention on turning it into another group of cells, but that never happened. I think somebody would have noticed a large amount of construction in the middle of a swamp. Some of it made sense, but some didn't. Why would the state spend all that money to update a facility and leave such a large chunk empty? It didn't make much sense, but, then again, it was the American government they were talking about. He supposed that it wasn't out of the realm of possibility to leave half of the building empty for that just-in-case moment. I think that we should get some rest, Matt said, looking around. I don't know how much time we'll have before they come to investigate, but I'd imagine that it will be before morning. You have any idea what time it is? Jason asked, hoping that the number would be small. Judging by how his body felt, it couldn't come soon enough. I'd say that we have two hours before the sun makes its first appearance, Matt told him. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I don't have a watch, do you? Jason shook his head. Of course he did. I don't know if it'll harm you in any way, but I think you should get some sleep, Matt said. You need to rest your head for a little while. I don't sleep at night, Jason said a little more firmly than he intended. The dark, remember? Matt seemed to consider this for a moment. I understand. We can just sit back and relax for a little. You're not going to rest? Insomniac, Matt said matter-of-factly. Jason nodded and looked away. A hand slapped down on his shoulder. Nice job, by the way, Matt told him. A smile spread on his face. I didn't think that you had it in you to kill Rick. That wasn't Rick, Jason said, then took a seat at one of the tables. He gripped the stake in his hand, feeling the splintery wood against his skin. Rick was already dead. Chapter 44 The silence between them had grown intense. They hadn't said anything to one another in over an hour. It was a good hour, 
seeing as there was no more sightings of vampires. They would be along soon enough, but not yet. Matt looked at Jason. He was sitting at the cafeteria table, making drawings in the dust with his fingers. He looked at the drawings, trying to determine what they were. He saw a picture that looked like a person, maybe a little boy. There were other drawings, some of which were larger people. Was he drawing his family, as a little boy would do? Jason wiped away the drawing and slammed his fist down on the table. He got up and walked away, never looking in Matt's direction. Matt decided it was best to leave him alone. If there was one thing that he knew, it was that Jason would have to deal with his demons on his own. All in all, he was very proud of how Jason handled himself with Rick. He had anticipated seeing Rick at some point tonight, but had never thought it would have been so quick. He'd also thought that Jason would prove to be a difficult sell when it came to killing Rick. He had waited in the distance, stake in hand, ready to end Rick if the moment came to be. In the end, Jason killed Rick mercilessly, ending him like a pro. It had been good that he had done that. Matt had known it was a trap, even with that brief glimpse of humanity in Rick's expressions. The vampires were becoming smarter and stronger. Even the grunts. The thing that he couldn't get over, more than anything else, was what happened after Jason killed Rick. The way that the air turned into flames, blowing outward the way it had, was a dramatic display of power. He'd never seen anything like it before. It was difficult to imagine anything with that much strength. Brian had been superhuman strong, but nothing compared to what he had witnessed. A display of power that could have only been the Vampire Lord. How are we ever going to win this battle? If he can do things like that when he's angry... It's hard to imagine what he would do if somebody came face to face with him. And how did he get those powers anyway? How many people did he have to kill to get that strong? Matt saw a war brewing that the human race couldn't possibly win. A creature existed with unparalleled powers. A beast so strong that he destroyed half of a prison by thinking about it. What was going to stop him from overthrowing the human race? He was obviously strong enough. He tried not to think about it, but found that it was like a voice that wanted to be heard. The voices kept pressing themselves into his mind, demanding an audience. He was forced to hear the question about whether or not he believed this was all worth it. The words kept coming. No matter how hard he tried to repress them, he found himself pondering their meaning. He knew one thing. He was going to do whatever it took to get out of this prison alive. He and Jason were likely the only two remaining survivors, but they were going to get out, or die trying. He was going to get out of prison and spend the next several months looking for a way to kill the Vampire Lord. Once he knew how, the next step would be to figure out where he was hiding. Rumors had circulated for years about the whereabouts of the Vampire Lord. There were some that said he was living in an abandoned building in Chicago. There were others that said that he lived in the abandoned mines of northern Michigan. One thing was certain. Nobody had witnessed anything from the Vampire Lord in more than a decade. From everything he'd read and everybody he'd talked to, nobody knew if the Vampire Lord was real or not. Well, he'd learned the truth the hard way and almost paid for it with his life. Somebody out there knew about him, wrote about him, and tried to warn others. If he were still alive... He would prove useful in figuring out how to destroy him and end this war before it fully started. He had promised himself that he was getting out of this as soon as he had freed his daughter from their clutches. Could he actually go through with that? 
He supposed he could, but what would that prove? What would that say about him? It would say that he was in this for selfish reasons. He was. He would never dispute that with anybody. He wanted revenge for his daughter's death, and had done so when he killed Brian Normand. That was half the puzzle. All that remained was freeing his daughter. He didn't believe that would be the end of it. The truth was that he didn't feel the slightest bit of relief in the death of Brian Normand. The more he thought about it, the more he realized that somebody had made Brian that way. It just happened to be the same vampire that had killed Jason's parents. He took a moment from his thoughts to look at Jason, watching him pace back and forth through the cafeteria. Another vampire had created the man that killed Brian Norman and Jason's parents, possibly even the vampire lord himself. It didn't really matter who'd done it. The facts were that vampires were all part of a longer line of transformations, all leading back to the original. This all came back to the Vampire Lord, no matter how he tried to make it look in his mind. The only way he could ever be free of this was if the Vampire Lord was dead, but first they needed to get out of the prison. There was no time to wait. The vampires would soon know that they were still alive and come to kill them. They had to get out while they still had the element of surprise. They had to go now. You've been listening to the Going Postal Cast. For updates about Christopher Chapman, his stories, and future podcast happenings, be sure to go to goingpostalpublishing.com. If you want to follow along on Twitter, twitter.com slash goingpostalpub, or like him at facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. This podcast is copyright 2012, Going Postal Publishing. <laughs>